once lived a witch who had no eyes and was not blind. Inside her head was a wasp's nest, and her lungs were full of bees. The wasps were her sight, and the bees were her voice. She wore new Hungarian boots and rode in a mortar, rowing through the air with a pestle and sweeping away her tracks with a birch broom. Above her circled seven geese, and higher still, a portal opened to another universe. When you look at her and close your eyes, you see heaven lit by a single candle. From behind her emerges a stag with a blade priest on its antlers. His chest cavity rises open, revealing a knot of purple toads.
Come, Vasilisa. Where are you, Vasilisa? They tried every way to make her life as miserable as possible. Fetch the wood, don't be slow. Start a fire, mix the dough. A wicked feeling was growing in the stepmother's heart. Wash the plates, milk the cows, scrub the floor. Hurry now. Do you know what it means to allow a wicked thought to enter one's heart? Work away and don't take all day. The wicked thought grows all the time like a poisonous plant that slowly kills the good thoughts. The stepmother and stepsisters wanted to see Vasilisa's goodness destroyed. Finally, she wanted to get rid of them all together. Autumn came. One day late in the fall, the old man set out from home and was not expected back for some time. The stepmother and the three sisters were left alone. They sat in the hut, and it was dark outside and raining, and the wind was howling. The hut stood at the edge of a dense forest, and in the forest there lived Baba Yara, a cunning witch and sly, who gobbled people up in the wink of an eye. Stepmother gave evening work to all the maidens. Dearest elder daughter Tats of Lace, darling younger daughter knit some stockings. Stupid Vasilisa spins some yarn. Then she snuffed out all the lamps in the house. Except for a single splinter of birch that burnt in the corner where the three sisters were working. And went to bed. The splinter crackled and snapped for a time and then went out. The elder sister reached for the candle to trim the wax. She dropped it as if by accident and the flame went out. But it was no accident. Her mother had told her to do it. What shall we do now, said the girls. There's no light in the house and her tasks are not finished. It is dark in the hut and we must work. If we don't finish our work, our mother will scold us all day tomorrow. One of us will have to go to Baba Yaga's house to ask for a light. Vasilisa is the one. She must go for the light. Go to Baba Yaga's house this minute, Vasilisa. They pushed Vasilisa out of the hut. The, the blackness, blackness of the night was about her, and the dense forest, and the wild wind. Vasilisa was frightened. She burst into tears, and she took out her little doll from her pocket and gave it the piece of black bread she'd been saving for supper. Little, little dear, dear listen, listen here. here. Eat your fill, fill. Do, your will. do your will. They are sending me to Baba Yaga's house for a light, and Baba Yaga gobbles people up, bones and all. The doll ate the supper, and its eyes gleamed like two candles. Fear not, Vasilyushka. Go where you are sent, only keep me with you all the time. So Vasilisa set out through the dark forest, carrying her doll with her. About her, the forest rose like a wall, and in the sky above, there was no sign of the bright crescent moon and not a star shone. Vasilisa walked along trembling. Suddenly a horseman galloped past her. His face was white. He, he was, was clad in white. His horse was white. His horse's trunk was white and gleamed white in the darkness. The sky glowed with the first light of dawn. It was dawning now, and Vasilisa trudged on, stumbling and stubbing her toes against tree roots and stumps. Drops of dew glistened on her long plait of hair, and her hands were cold and numb. Another horseman, this one all in red, red. riding a red, red steed, galloped past her. The, the sun, sun rose. rose high in the sky. It kissed Vasilisa and warmed her and dried the dew on her hair. Vasilisa never stopped but walked on for a whole day, and it was getting on toward evening when she came out onto a small glade.
then listen. I will tell you how the Baba Yaga got the best of your great uncle Ivan. Mercy on his soul. May his head be reunited with his body in the afterlife. Everything I will tell you I saw with my own eyes. It happened over a hundred years ago, but I remember it as though it were only yesterday. How old were you? Seven. The youngest of four sisters. Back then the forest was like an abyss. No road or house could be built that would last more than a few weeks before being swallowed up without a trace. My mother and sisters were very beautiful, so we were plagued by priests and vampires. Remember, anything you wanted you could obtain by making a bargain with the devil. Ivan Kobilka switched places with his brother in exchange for two bottles of vodka and a new bride. To complete the bargain, he had to behead his brother and fall asleep while gazing into his lifeless eyes. Tonight I will sleep under the stars. When it was done, he took his brother's place. And this is how he married my oldest sister, Katerina. They had three years of happiness. Ivan sold hashish to soldiers. Katya apprenticed with a blacksmith and gave birth to two children. Then, then one day, dark clouds rolled over the sky, and a thick fog rose from the soil. Katya's husband became very day ill. In, day, day in, day out, day out, day in, he would day out. in bed and wake only to drink kolraka, eat tomatoes, and recite Zagorogori. Soon, Soon the, the children were sick as well. Katerina became desperate. She flew to the devil to ask for advice. What shall I do? Go, Go to, to the Baba she will cure him, but, but remember, the, the forest surrounding her house is very dangerous. Bring your husband's philosophy. Then the devil sang a song, an old favor. It goes like this. I saw a corpse riding a goat. I saw a young woman cut his throat. Also your wounds with needles and twine. Then on pine cones we will dine. The next day, the sky was white and the sun was gray. Katerina returned home and found that Ivan's condition was much worse. He was barely alive. Katya set off at once to fetch the Baba Yaga. A wolf has followed you here. And his stomach lifts up seven orphans, and his heart is made of pure silver. You must lure him away. I will visit your house tonight. When Baba Yaga arrived, she reached into her skirt pocket and pulled out a needle and a rose hip and used them to put your great-uncle Ivan to sleep. Ivan has committed, committed fratricide, and the remorse has made him deathly death ill. Ill. He smells of sulfate. Every, Every day, day he looks into the, the mirror, he sees his brother's, brother's face and weeps. The Baba Yaga cut a long, bloodless slice in Ivan's stomach. But, but unknown, unknown to Ivan, Ivan his, his brother, brother was a full-clad, a werewolf. By taking, taking his body, body he also, also took the curse. Now, now Ivan's family is a great hero. Baba Yaga cut Ivan's throat. Then she stuffed chamomile into his neck and wormwood into his stomach. To, to chamomile, chamomile you, you bow. Before the wormwood, you, you kneel. In the morning, you will find the chamomile and wormwood growing in your garden. On the first day of autumn, harvest both plants. One, One will contain Ivan's illness, the other his soul. To chamomile you bow, before wormwood you kneel. If you bring both plants to me, then on the first evening of autumn, your husband will return to To chamomile you bow, before wormwood you kneel. But if either plant dies in the summer, 
there was too much poison in his blood, and the devil killed him. To chamomile you bow, before wormwood you kneel. Yes, great-grandmother. Yes, great-grandmother. Vasilisa walked the entire day, and it was not until evening that she reached the clearing where Baba Yaga's hut stood. When the long shadows of evening began to close around her, Vasilisa at last reached Baba Yaga's hut. It stood on a long, scaly chicken leg. The fence around the hut was made of human bones and crowned with human skulls. skulls. The, the gate, gate was, was no, no gate, gate, but the bones of hips and legs. legs. The bolts were no bolts, but the bones of men's arms. And the lock was no lock, but a set of sharp teeth. Vasilisa was horrified and stood stock still. Suddenly, a third horseman rode up. He was dressed in black. His clothes were black. His horse was black and the horse's harness was black too. He rode right up to Baba Yaga's gates and disappeared as if he had fallen through the earth. And immediately, night fell. But the darkness did not last long. The eyes of the skulls began to glow like fire. And it became as bright in the clearing as if it were noon. Vasilisa trembled with fear. All of a sudden, she felt the earth trembling and rocking beneath her. Soon a terrible noise resounded through the wood. The trees crackled, the dry leaves rustled. The rustling grew to a roar, and she turned just in time to see Baba Yaga emerging from the forest, riding in a mortar, pushing her way along with a pestle, and sweeping the tracks away with a broom. Baba Yaga's head turned this way and that way as her long, sharp nose sniffed the air around her. Uh, uh, Russian blood! Never, Never met, met by, by me before. before. Now, now I smell it at my door. Who comes, Who comes here? here? Where from? Where to? Where to? Vasilisa came up to Baba Yaga, bowed low to her, and clenching her fists together so she wouldn't shake with fear, said politely, It is I, Grandma. My stepsisters sent me to ask you for a light. Oh, it's you, is it? Your stepmother is a kinswoman of mine. Very well, then. Stay with me for a while and work, and then we'll see what is to be seen. And she shouted at the top of her voice, Little hut, little hut, little hut, little hut turn your back to the trees. Turn your face to me, please. They came to the house, and at the door there lay a dog, and it made as if to bite Vasilisa. Do not touch the baby. It was I who brought her, said the baby. The human sighed, and in the passage, an old crumbler rumbler of a cat met them and made as if to scratch Vasilisa. Do not touch the baby, rumbler rumbler of a cat. It was I who brought her, said Baba Yaga. You see, Vasilisa, she said, turning to her. It is not easy to run away from me. My cat will scratch you. My dog will bite you. My birch tree will lash you. Put out your eyes, and my gate will not open to let you out. Baba Yaga's cape smelled of smoke and sailed wildly about her. Toads, black beetles, and mice darted from under her feet. Bats and owls flew from her hair. Baba Yaga tickled one of the chicken legs underneath her hut and chanted, Izbushka, Izbushka, lower your door to me. 
The chicken legs of the hut, called Izbushka, bent to the ground, and Baba Yaga climbed inside. Baba Yaga emptied a bag of leaves and flowers onto the table. Then she turned to Maruja and hissed, You say nothing! I don't dare, said Maruja timidly. But I would like to ask. Ask, interrupted Baba Yaga. But remember, every question that you ask will make me one year. Baba Yaga has given me a hard task to do, and she threatens to eat me up if I do not do it, said the doll in reply. Do not grieve and do not weep, but close your eyes and go to sleep. eyes glowed and by their light the dark night was as bright as day. As for Baba Yaga, she woke up and stretched and seeing that Vasilisa was gone, rushed out into the passage. Did you scratch Vasilisa as she ran past, grumbler rumbler? She demanded. You sneaky cat, why did you trick me? 
You never fed me, said the cat. I served you for ten years, Baba Yaga, but you never gave me so much as a crust of bread. Baba Yaga rushed out into the yard. Did you bite Vasilisa, my faithful dog? You lazy dog. Why didn't you bark at her? You never fed me, said the dog. But Sasha gave me bread to eat. Bah, said the witch. She hadn't seen before in the park. I don't know. What is it? Asked Daddy. His phone made a small noise. Said Stefania. Uh huh. Said Daddy, his fingers and thumbs tapping. The, the new thing, thing at the park was weird. It was, it was a little, little plastic house, house like at McDonald Land, but, but it, it looked, looked strange and old. The plastic casements around the plexiglass windows were quite square. Slightly askew. Around the house was a fence made of plastic, plastic bones, all alike, with a plastic skull at the top of each fence post. The skulls were open in the back to pass sunlight through. Glittering shards of red glass in the eyes refracted the sunlight, glowing eerily. Strangest of all, the house was perched atop a scaly plastic trunk, and at the bottom of the trunk was a big plastic, plastic chicken foot. The little plastic house was all the way in the back of the park, beyond even the big 
slides pressed right up against the trees. Even the woods behind it looked a little different. Instead of the sparse poplars elsewhere in the park, the trees behind the hut were brilliantly burned, dark and dense. They're not very gentle, said Stefania softly. Daddy glanced up from his phone. You're right, baby, he said. It's more like a forest gym. Ha, why don't you go play on it? Daddy has to answer some emails. Stefania walked up to the fence surrounding the forest gym. There was a gate into the little yard, but a small set of plastic teeth climbed shut around the latch. She turned around. At what? She yelled. Oh, that's too bad, said Daddy. Why don't you go play on the slide? Okay, said Stefania. But when she turned back around, the mouth had opened its teeth and the gate slowly swung open. She stepped into the little yard. A hidden speaker somewhere played a tinny recording of a chicken squawking. Just inside the gate was a small plastic dog, mounted to the ground by a spring. As the gate shut and locked behind her, the dog began to run back and forth, and another small speaker emitted a tinny barking. Stefania knelt in front of the dog. You're the boy, she said, and scratched its cold plastic head between the ears. She peeled one of the slices of bread off her half-sandwich folding the other slice around the ham and putting it in her pocket, and held out the bread to the dog. She said in the dog's voice. Then she said, Here one go, puppy. The little plastic house had windows, but no door. Stefania walked closer to look at the chicken leg, and then she noticed that it had little footholds like a ladder and led up inside the house. She climbed up the chicken leg. The first thing she saw after clambering inside was a little plastic table made to look like wood. A silver samovar sat on the table, topped with a silver teapot. She was in a little kitchen, with a little plastic sink and a little plastic fireplace. Although it held real wood and a real roaring fire. Laying down along the mantel above the plastic fireplace was the Baba Yaga. A lit cigar held tight in her iron teeth. Curled up by her head was a long-haired black kitten. The Baba Yaga's left leg lay across the mantel but her right dangled above the fire. It was a skeletal prosthetic, and it, like her teeth, was made of iron. Hello, great-grandmother, said the Baba Yaga. Hello, great-grandmother, said Stefania. It's nice to meet you. Are you looking for something to do? Or getting away from something to do? I like your house, said Stefania. Thank you, little one, said the Baba Yaga. She swung her other leg down, hopped off the mantle, and sat on a bench pulled up to the table. Stefania sat down across from the Baba Yaga. The old woman clapped her hands twice, and a pair of blue disembodied hands appeared, holding three bone china cups and saucers, which had set on the table. The Baba Yaga carefully poured some liquid from the teapot into the cups, and filled them with water for the sound. The kitten mewed. Leaped onto the ancient wooden table and began lapping tea from one of the cups. The Baba Yaga raised her cup to her lips and took a sip, and after a moment, Stefania did the same. It was so delicious, thick, dark, and rich, somehow both sweet and savory. She drank it all down at once. Thank you, said Stefania, and wiped her mouth with the back of her sleeve. What do you think, little one? Do you want me to tell you the future? Of course, said Stefania. I 
gonna be a superhero. The Baba Yaga took a long draw on her cigar and smirked, so her teeth glinted in the candlelight. She tossed the cigar stem over her shoulder, and bounced once on the stone hearth and skittered beneath the iron grate. The Baba Yaga picked up Stefani's teacup and glanced down into the bottom. You are not wrong, she said after a moment, and refilled their cups. The black kitten looked at Stefania, considering, and then nodded slightly. It said. Stefania pulled her sandwich out of her pocket and folded the bread and held out the ham. The kitten reached down and ate it out of her hand. When it finished, it hopped down onto the bench next to her, curled up against her leg, and purred. You're a good girl, said Stefania. There was a flash outside, and then the rumble of faraway thunder. Stefania glanced up and looked out the window at the darkening skies. The glass in the windows was popped with little bubbles, and the panes were thicker at the bottom. Stefania looked down at the floor, which was now oak, polished more by decades of walking. The exit down the chicken lane was gone. Well, are we? asked Stefania. Where were you before? asked the Baba Yaga. You would not have found me, were you not in the Stefania sipped her tea. The air inside the hut was redolent of cedar and incense and wood smoke and strange herbs. Stay here with me, little one, said the Baba Yaga. I will raise you if you were my own. I will probably not eat you. As she said this last, she grinned, showing her iron teeth. teeth. But it was not an unkind grin. The world out there, your world, is cruel to those like us. The kitten purred at Stefania's lap and kneaded her leg with its tiny paws. No, thank you, said Stefania. The Baba Yaga sighed, walked over to the cast iron stove in the corner, and fed another log into the fire pot. She leaned over and lit another cigar from the fire. She ambled back over, her iron leg thumping on the oaken floor and sat down at the table. All right, my little Shisha, she said. If you will not stay with me, will you allow me to give you a gift? Okay, said Stefania. I can teach you to sing. There is a magic note in teaching you, which expands the bubble around you, forcing things from your path and preventing any Stefania shrugged. I have a dream. When you wear it, you can decide who gets to see you. Stefania smiled and dangled a ribbon in front of the kitten, who lazily batted at it. I have a magic gangue, said the Baba Yaga. That forces all who see me to tell the truth, even if it is the truth. And get from their conscious mind, they must speak it. And in speaking, they must realize the truth. I like good kitty, said Stefania. The Baba Yaga laughed out loud. The sound rang through the ancient oak beams, spanning the ceiling, sailed up the chimney, and soared out into the wilderness. As you wish, Lapushka, she said. Take the cat. She clearly likes you. Yay, said Stefania. The Baba Yaga stamped her bony iron foot three times on the floor of the hut, and in response it lurched, whirled, and dropped. The old woman stood and walked to the door opening it and waving Stefania out. Thank you, great grandmother, said Stefania, and stepped down onto the ground. As a drizzle landed on Koshka's fur, she let out a small yowl 
and climbed onto Stefania's shoulder. Stefania hurried out of the trees and back to the bench where her daddy looked up from his phone. Where did the forest gym go? Asked daddy. I don't know, said Stefania. Who's this little furball? Asked daddy. My kid, said Stefania. Koshka purred and headbutted her ear. Whoa, kiddo, said daddy. We don't have a kitty. This is just a stray. No, silly daddy, said Stefania. This is my kitty. Daddy knelt down and looked at the cat. I'm sorry, baby, but... He trailed off as the kitten looked back at him. Koshka's eyes were blazing green in the forest mid-spring. She blinked, and they were light, bright blue, and ice were revealing its depths. Daddy took a sharp breath, smelled lingonberry and pine, tasted clear ice and rosemary. Stefania scratched between her furry ears, and Koshka began to purr and closed her eyes. Let's, uh, let's take her home and ask Mommy what she said Daddy. Pressing on her heart from the inside. So 
she rose the next day and returned to the tree. She curtsied and said, I seek another fortune, if you please. With a crack of thunder, Baba Yaga sprang from the tree. She laughed a laugh that shredded the air. Raised a bold finger. If you wish another fortune, she crowed, then you, you may share, share mine. In that instant, the girl was cursed. When she opened her mouth to speak or smile, her teeth were made of iron. This being the curse Baba Yaga had set upon her, that the girl's beautiful face be forever marred by metal teeth such as those that gnashed in Baba Yaga's own mouth. There were other changes as well that happened, though these could not be seen. Now she stood once again opposite the hag Baba Yaga, no longer a girl but a grown woman, and the hag did not recognize her. Now Baba Yaga's fingers were of yellow bone with talons like a bird's, and her eyes were yellow, and her neck was as thin as a snake. She had teeth of iron for crushing the bones of those who trusted her. She smiled for the first time then, and Baba Yaga saw her iron teeth, and a feeling Baba Yaga had never had shuddered through her, and the feeling was fear. Quickly, Baba Yaga summoned her mortar and pestle, which flew to her from where they had been hidden. Stepping into the mortar, she shot high into the sky, steering with her pestle until she reached the lowest clouds, from where she planned to plunge down to destroy her opponent. And now her metal teeth flashed and her own hands looked like bones in the darkness. And the two hags soared and cursed as they carried their battle from the sky to the land. And the forest floor shook with the boulders they threw at one another. And the fish jumped in the lake at the earth's shudderings. Then Baba Yaga dove under the cover of the treetops and called up her broom from its hiding place. Trailing it behind the mortar, she flew high once more. And with the broom, she swept the stars from the sky until all that was left was a terrible blackness. Terror such as Baba Yaga had never felt seized her, but she was with her equal. The two women stood in the woods. The woods breathed about them, the dust thickened, and the land sighed as it cooled. Then Baba Yaga turned her back. She crept to the lake. She glimpsed her reflection in the lake's still waters. There she saw the beauty that had been hers before she had been cursed to be a woman shunned by the world. And there she saw the beauty that was still hers. With a quiet moan of pain, she turned into a crow and flapped into the dark. as I, and you will learn to fight for your fate, and you will reject two fortunes and make your own.
mother's cottage. She was sure that during her absence, her stepsisters had acquired a light, so she decided to throw away the skull with the glowing eyes. Just as she was about to drop it from her hand, a voice spoke from deep inside it. Take me to your stepmother! It ordered. Vasilisa dared not disobey. She rapped on the cottage door, and the elder sister opened it. To Vasilisa's surprise, she smiled when she saw Vasilisa. Oh, you're home! She cried. I'm so glad. All the while you were gone, we didn't have a spark of light in this house. Every time someone brought one in, it went out immediately. She hurried away to fetch her mother and younger sister. The three of them rushed back into the room and seized the glowing skull from Vasilisa's hand. Its eyes stared at them and burned them like fire. They screamed, threw the skull to the ground and ran to hide in a corner. But the eyes followed them wherever they went. In a little while, they stopped screaming and collapsed on the floor. Soon, nothing was left of them but a heap of ashes. Then the light in the skull went out. Remember that story from so many years ago. My own granny told it to me. One day, you will tell it too. And so the story goes on and on. <laughs>